So, welcome to episode one of Speak Easy Podcast, a podcast with chosen eyes. So, for those of you who don't know me, it's a pleasure to meet all of you, and I welcome you to my humble abode here on the airwaves. Um, and so, with that, I just wanted to get to know you all, and hopefully, you get to know me through this process. So, a little bit about me. My name is Dr. L. Brock White, legally or as I like to call it, my stripper name for the government. But on a soul level, my name is actually Chosen Eyes. It's what I resonate with the most, and it's how most people tend to know me in the world and through my work. So I am a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine by profession. Well, more so by education. Professionally speaking, I have more skin in the game as a psychic medium, tarot reader, um, spiritual counselor and teacher. I've been reading professionally and or for profit since about the age of 18, sorry, 13. <laughs> that's about to take some years off. But around 18 is where I got serious about it. So that's probably why I kind of deferred to 18. Namely, well, some girls stripped to get through college. Some guys decide that they want to find a sugar mama. Well, for me, going to college in New Orleans, I decided to put my third eye out there. Hey, sue me, but it was pretty fun. <laughs> um, what else about me? I'm a native daughter of St. Louis, Missouri, by way of Atlanta, New Orleans, and now Austin, Texas, where I currently reside with my beautiful son, whose birthday it is today, and my amazing husband. So, um, I'm also a business owner, Chosen Eyes LLC, shameless plug. Feel free to um, visit my website, ChosenEyes.com. If you're interested in any type of personal one-on-one um, coaching or even a psychic reading, I'm here for you. <laughs> Additionally, I am probably the biggest blurred you have ever met. I am a self-profane or professed rather love child of Spock and Uhuru. So, you know, I'm all things Star Trek um, and sci-fi. I love sci-fi. I love all things that explore the mind, push boundaries, and just foster any type of fantasy and thought. Like, the world is hard enough. We can stay here as long as we need to, but you got to find a way to let your mind wander and cultivate something that can, you know, prosper and grow into something new. Additionally, I came about deciding to do podcasting because I needed to understand how I could better serve people while on a larger platform. <laughs> I love reading. I love offering spiritual guidance and insights through my work as a psychic medium, um, through tarot sessions, through teaching, through mentorship. But I found that during the pandemic, it was very difficult to actually do that one-on-one and well, in volume, frankly. And quite a few people have asked me to start a podcast over like the last three to four years. So you know what? I decided 2022 would be the year that I chose to oblige. So I ask that you be patient with me. I am human and definitely a personable introvert. So this is all new to me, putting myself out there in this capacity. But I'm only human. I'm going to make mistakes. Um, I'm definitely going to have my fair share of bloopers on here. So grow with me, grow with the process, grow with the podcast. And I most assuredly 
can give you my word that I will do so for you with integrity and also a very humbled spirit to be able to hold time and space with you. So this is the speakeasy. It is what I like to call a respite for all oddballs, such as myself seeking refuge from a world that is asking us to operate in a space that is counter to the cultivation of our true authentic selves. And I know I get it. We constantly see, hey, be individual, be you, especially in American society, right? It's always, there's always space for you here. There's always space for you to be you, right? And I don't know, maybe it's because of where I live, but be you means be you so long as I can quantify you. So long as I can make you a bite-sized consumable morsel. So long as I can understand and wrap my brain around you and your weirdness, then, oh, now it's palatable and it's acceptable. But what about those of us who just can't conform to that? (laughs) I've been fighting that for 39 years now. Um, So this is my attempt at being able to offer a space for all us oddballs air quotes for those of you who can't see me um to unite and to come together and to have a place where we can let our hair down um have the proverbial glass of wine you know shoot the shit just be human and explore one another explore ideas and just stretch beyond this particular version of the multiverse Because we're all essentially unique universes just sharing in one big collective multiverse. Static happens whenever we decide that our our universe doesn't coincide well with someone else's universe. So we'll get more into that a little bit later as we move on and get to know each other. Additionally, I would like to offer this. This is a judgment-free zone. Okay. I do not hold any judgments, negative or positive or in any direction. And I ask that you do the same. This is all about keeping an open mind, having an open dialogue, an open, civil and respectful dialogue. Okay. Many of the guests that I will be interviewing have been given the same parameters that I'm giving you right now as the listeners. Um, everything's open and subject to your own interpretation, but I ask that if we're going to have interpretations that we discuss them respectfully. And I was going to say that there are no dumb questions because I typically feel that way, but I'm going to amend that because, well, I've learned to expect the unexpected and we're going to actually just state that, well, there are few dumb questions. On this platform. <laughs> so by all means, um, send in your questions. Chosen Eyes at ChosenEyes.com um, is a wonderful way to email me your questions directly and to have them addressed um, live on the podcast. But if you want to ensure that you actually get your questions on there, feel free to join my Patreon online platform or online school. It's called The People. And for just $5, you can get in there and have your questions um, read live on the podcast. So that is patreon.com backslash the pupil. Or you can go and see me at Instagram at chosen eyes, the number nine. And all of this is in my link tree. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Twitter ish 
TikTok, starting to get out there a bit more. Um, LinkedIn too. So you can kind of find me on all of the things, but definitely, definitely, definitely. You can always find me at my website, chosenize.com. All right. So we're going to take a quick break here. Um, but I really want you to sit back, get comfortable, have a snack. We're going to learn that I love food. You're going to hear me talk about food a lot. Um, I love good conversation too. And I can't wait to get back to having this wonderful conversation with you after about a good 10 to 20 seconds. Welcome back. Great to see everyone indoor, you know, proverbially see you all in the multiverse as a psychic medium is able to see your souls on that level. You know, I know this is starting to get awkward over here. Okay, so quick disclaimer, as I mentioned earlier by credential, I am a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine. However, while I am providing mental health, spiritual and wellness tips, I am in no way, shape, or form y'all's doctor, so don't get me caught up in no shit, all right, y'all? This is not a substitute for therapy with a licensed mental health professional, nor is it intended to individually diagnose anyone. Therefore, I ain't telling you to go do shit. That's legalese for don't sue me. This is all on you how you interpret this. So please, by all means, if you are in need of a mental health professional, I am more than happy to be a resource in order to connect you with one in your area. I know people far, near, and wide. Also, um, please do consult your primary care physician or a healthcare professional should you have any questions pertaining to your health and or wellness. This is merely a platform to learn, not to describe, or not to prescribe or to diagnose. You gotta put that out there. All right, so what we're going to start off with is our verbal spritzer because this is my speakeasy, right? But my speakeasy, I should have been born in like the roaring 20s. I really should have. I would have been the broad that had the speakeasy that you had to like knock like four, five different weird ways and like 18 different combinations of the same knock to know like what type of patron it was. Don't judge me. I was just born in the wrong place in the wrong time, okay? But since I couldn't be born then, this is now going to be my speakeasy, right? So like, you know, tell your friends, you know, the secret knock so that way they can come and like hang out with us. But this is our verbal spritzer and our verbal spritzer is kind of going to set the tone, right? It's going to be a vocabulary word or a word that we're going to use in order to kind of have a cool theme and it kind of brings together the entire podcast, all right? So our verbal spritzer today is discipline. I know, I know, I know. Why the hell is she talking about discipline? Well, it is a word that I got shoved into my skull <laughs> ad nauseum by my maternal grandfather. Um, bless him, because he's um, now an ancestor. And I used to hate hearing this word as a kid because it almost felt like somebody just like stabbing a dagger into my skull like seriously it's like ah it's like this constant attack you need discipline where's your discipline find your discipline ah right until me being the smart ass that i am (laughs) 
asked the question around puberty, somewhere around puberty, I think somewhere between 12 and 16, right? He kept telling me that. And I was like, would you just define discipline? Like when you're telling me I don't have discipline, what is it that I don't have exactly? Now, this is the definition that my grandfather gave me. I'm not sure definitively if this is his personal verbiage or if this is something that he learned elsewhere from another source. So I don't want to be accused of giving credit in the wrong direction, but I'm just putting this out there because this is where I learned the definition and it has stuck with me ever since. Discipline, the commitment that you make to yourself daily in all things. Now, this is a very interesting thing because most people think about discipline from the standpoint of some form of punishment or it has to be this harsh thing that nobody likes or that doesn't feel good. But why shouldn't a commitment to yourself feel good? Why shouldn't a commitment to yourself be rewarded or appreciated? And in a way, when you really think about it at times, discipline should really be celebrated. Now, I'm not talking about corporal punishment. I'm not talking about, you know, forms of abuse. I'm not talking about belligerence. I'm not talking about structure that's um, rigid or unrelenting or, you know, and any of those things that don't allow growth and progress to kind of happen in a fluid fashion. Discipline isn't something that, that does that. When you commit to something, it doesn't take away from fluidity or free will. When you commit to something, you're saying that this matters to me. This matters in my life. This matters to those around me. There's an outward reaching ripple effect that this somehow feeds into. And so I always feel like that should be celebrated. I even incorporate that when it comes to my parenting. I'm not a parent who necessarily believes in putting my hands on my child outside of, you know, the occasional get over here yank, right? But I've, I've never felt the need to, to beat my child or to use like harsh forms of corporal punishment. Why? Well, personally, I just don't have a child who responds well to that. Um, and I, I, we're not in 1840 and I don't feel like we need to speak to sentient or treat sentient beings as if somehow they, you know, they only respond to a pain response and then wonder how they don't wind up becoming emotionally intelligent human beings. Just my point of view. Like to hear yours respectfully. Remember, but I'm going to ask you this. And you're going to hear me talking a lot about you throughout this, right? Because you stands for your own unique universe, right? And this is the curriculum that I teach. This is the curriculum I created for myself. This is how, this is my process, not only a thought process, but a spiritual process that has gotten me through some of the toughest times in my life. And it's helped me to become the woman that I am and to accomplish many of the amazing things that I've been able to accomplish. I have quite a few people who have taken, who've already gone through the program. They love it. They think, think it's great. Um, visit the website if you want to see some testimonials and all the things. But I'm going to invite you, so your own unique universe, your, your higher self, to think about a couple of questions when we're talking about discipline. One, are you worth committing to? 
See, I find that when I'm working with quite a few people, even when it comes to working through their own spiritual gifts and how to navigate them and cultivate them, they do really great for about the first two weeks to maybe even a month. And then when it comes time to move beyond that, oh, well, this took over. Oh, well, this happened. And don't get me wrong. I got an 11 year old now. Like life happens. Okay. But at some point, you somehow become expendable. Committing to yourself somehow becomes expendable. And the question is why? Why is it that it's okay for you to no longer commit to yourself or to hold fast to something that matters to your higher self and to put someone else or someone else's things that may not even concern you or necessarily need you to thrive? Why does that stuff come first? Or I have found the opposite where people will overcommit to themselves and not take into account how that impacts others within their circles. Now, that's also very interesting to me. Why is it easier for you to commit to yourself, but it's not easy for you to commit to a whole, to a collective? And there's no right or wrong way. The issue is that when the commitment can't be in flow, right? The need that that ability to hold on or to be steadfast. When that can't be held on to, that becomes problematic in a fluid sense, right? You should be able to commit to yourself. Absolutely. But then that should be able to flow to being able to commit in ways that are healthy and sustainable for both you and the person or the idea, so the other noun, if you will, that you're connecting to and vice versa. Because everything has an equal and opposite reaction. Neither good, never, never good entirely, never bad entirely. Things just are. So another question. Do you value others over yourself? And how and or when did that begin? What's the villain origin story, as my cousin Sierra would say? Hey, boo. But what's that villain origin story for that particular like idea to take root? Why is that there? Or is it more difficult for you to commit to others? And same question, why and or how and when did that begin? What things and or people are easiest for you to commit to? Mm, that's a pretty cool one. I've noticed that people have a tendency to do one of two things, commit to everything that's completely unhealthy that makes them feel good in a moment. So to escape a moment or to escape a feeling or, as I like to say, run away from themselves only to find themselves again. And there's no judgment. I've done that same shit myself. I am not above reproach. (laughs) Or I have found that people will try to overcompensate and try to have the purest of the pure, the healthiest of the healthy, um, overdose on happiness. And then when there's unavoidable pain or something that you just can't steer away from that just does not feel well, can't handle it. Which is unfortunate. There's no way to live in vacuum. And so I ask people all the time, well, why is it easier for you to commit to something that's completely unhealthy or something that's completely health or healthy? 
And the look of bewilderment that ensues after that or the awkward silence is always extremely palpable. And people almost always think that the right answer to say is, oh, well, it's easier for me to commit to that which is healthy. No, it's not. (laughs) If it were easy to commit to what was healthy, the world would be a very different place. But we also have to ask ourselves from a very philosophical standpoint, what exactly is healthy to everyone in the collective? And I most assuredly can promise you, and I don't make too many promises in life, right? I feel like they're always meant to be broken. But I'm willing to promise you that everyone will have a very different perspective and concept of what healthy means. So there's almost no way to agree on healthy. So same thing for toxic. So what I'm asking you Is it easier for you to commit to that which is toxic or healthy? I'm not asking about this broad stroke definition. I'm talking about for you. Because I guarantee you there are going to be people who truly agree with you and or at least can vibe with your definitions of said. Last question when it comes to our verbal spritzer. What creates deviation from your master plan? Meaning, what takes you off track from actually being able to commit? What is it? Be honest. I'll tell you what one of my things is. I love popcorn. Yep, I said it. I told y'all you were going to hear about food for me. I love food. I love it. Um, I love popcorn. And one of the things that I know my body does not like is a lot of grains. It just doesn't. Um... And popcorn is not the most unhealthy thing in the world. But I do know that if I reach a certain threshold with popcorn, yeah, I have the propensity to not lose the spare tire I've been trying to get rid of for quite some time. (laughs) But ask me if I'm willing to give up popcorn. Not entirely. Nope. Sure not. Another thing I'm not really willing to give up. Laugh at me if you want to. I'm really not willing to give up 90s reality or 90s docu-series. Now, why do I say that this is a like a vice of mine? Okay. Because I get lost in the rabbit hole of like re-watching them or like really like binging them. Like some people like will binge Orange is the New Black. Like I just sat here and binged my crazy ex with my husband. <laughs> on the Roku channel, knowing that I had other stuff I needed to do, but I just couldn't get out of the hole, right? So what is it? What was the point of me mentioning that? The reason why I deviated utilizing those two things in particular is because I know that when it comes to popcorn, it makes me feel good. It's a quick fix. I can pop popcorn very quickly and get that instant gratification, Rather than having to sit there and really like work through whatever I'm emotionally trying to eat in the moment. Now, that's not to say that I sit there and I just like, you know, scarf down popcorn handful after handful. No, it's really one of those things where I know that if a personal trainer were to tell me never eat popcorn again, I'm going to like I I tell them to their faces. That's not going to happen. I'm going to have popcorn at least once or twice a month. It's going to happen. It just is what it is. Right. And you'll hear me talk about the 85-15 rule later on. But 
when it comes to the TV and the binging, I also know it's a distraction for me to have to actually like, you know, file my taxes, <laughs> which I have done. If anyone from the IRS or like the state of Texas is talking, like I've already filed them. I'm just saying I, I just hate paperwork, but I do it when I have to. So I want you to think about those questions for yourself. I want you to be very honest about that. I'd even encourage you to start having like a questions journal with our verbal spritzers just for fun. See where it takes you. See if you enjoy it. With that, I'm going to come back with our key talking point and then we're going to wrap things up. So stay tuned for yet another commercial. Enjoy the process. got a refill on whatever it was that you were sipping hope that you read up on your snack had a bathroom break did whatever you need to do so today's topic processing the process chosen eyes what the fuck does that is that supposed to mean well here's what it means In processing the process, we're talking about this process that we call life and bringing things into fruition, materializing and manifesting and all the things, right? But that shit's hard as fuck, right? Like, I know I'm supposed to be sitting here telling you all some Hufflepuff bullshit that it's so easy when you just align your chakras and you eat, drink crystal water and you go vegan and listen, listen real shit is happening in the world real shit is happening in real time i don't care how spiritually evolved we become as practitioners as lay people anyone the shit is hard and you still have to participate in some way shape or form even in the the, the slightest fashion in this collective and so a prime example of this was the summer of 2020. There was so much strife, discord, panic, terror, death, sickness, anger, apprehension. Paradoxically, also, lots of love was shown, compassion, um, determination, grit. All of these things are happening. And we all had to sit the fuck down, move nowhere, do nothing and process everything that was not only happening in that moment real time, but we also had to process everything that had happened up to that moment. Now think about that. We're trying to process the fact that we had a pandemic or that, well, technically we still do, right? There's a global pandemic. Life as we've known it has come to a halt, a screeching halt, especially at that time. No one could go out and have ease of access to anyone or anything that mattered to them. No one was able to earn a living, have any form of quote unquote security when it came to finances. Everything was a 
a grab bag. It was up in the air. And all we could do was sit and wait and process and take in what was happening around us. And more importantly, the steps we had taken to get to those moments. I bring up the importance of processing a process because there's no way for you to feel unstuck in a moment if you're not able to be present to the fact that something is happening, something is shifting. Maybe it's not as dynamic as what you're accustomed to, especially for Americans. Americans, we're so accustomed to things being instantaneous, constantly moving. We're addicted to movement, whether we care to admit that or not. We, we are addicted to movement, constantly being on the go. We always say, I'm on the grind. I mean, you know, we, we have this love affair with find, always grinding something out. And don't get me wrong. I'm all for that. I'm all for being, you know, having ingenuity, being spontaneous, being tenacious. I'm all about um, inventing. But we have a tendency to do that to our own peril and to grind ourselves down in a way that we never really understood before. And so I bring this to our attention because our bodies pay the price for this. Now, this next thing that I'm about to say is not from a standpoint of saying that COVID-19 is a direct re- like result of holding on to grief or anything like that, right? But hear me out. I told you all I'm a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine. So I'm sure many of you have heard of five elements theory, right? I'm also sure that many of you have seen Quite a few acupuncturists or anyone who studied Taoism talking about the relationship between earth, so the external world, and our bodies. There's a endogenous and exogenous relationship. So what happens outwardly directly has an impact on what's happening to your physical being. Okay? So when you're processing something, namely appear in your head right where do you notice that you're processing it physically when I say that I'm asking where do you feel it in your body for me I feel it in a couple of places one I definitely feel it in my head two I clench my jaw yep I'm one of those people can't help it got TMJ another place that I feel it that most people may not think is I feel it in my abdomen I clench my gut when I'm incredibly pensive, when I'm really thinking, even when I'm just working and creating something that I really enjoy, but it involves mental space. I clench my gut. Here's why I'm a perfectionist and I'm incredibly pensive. So spleen, also known as the pancreas in Western medicine and stomach or, an or, or a pair in oriental medicine. I mean, they kind of go together. Just go here with me with the analogy. And pensiveness is something that is detrimental to that organ pair, okay? Pensiveness just means you think a lot. Another way to think about it, somebody who worries too goddamn much, your worry wards, okay? 
somebody who stays in their head. They're always digesting or chewing a thought. Think about that. If you're a person who lives in your head like me, you're always chewing over something, chewing a thought, chewing a thought, right? Guess what happens? Poor metabolism. Digestive issues. You're going to hear my neighbor's dog. I sincerely apologize, but I guess he's having some digestive issues too. Um, some of the ways that we see this happen, right? If you're constantly chewing in your head, do you feel the need to chew anything in your gut? Do you feel the need to eat? When you have a lot on your mind, do you still have an appetite? Now, for some people who stress eat, yeah, but you're usually craving sugar, right? Well, guess what? Your brain needs this stuff called glucose in order to keep going to fire, right? Glucose, yes, is a simple kind of form of sugar, right? It's very important to the brain. But you know a more efficient way to get glucose? Believe it or not, it's right, healthy fats. And so through a multitude of things, I, I won't go on a tangent on that one this go around, but our bodies have been tricked into believing that we need sugar, like cookies, cakes, pies, snicker bars, things like that, and to believe in we need those as energy storage or for energy reserves. So we tend to go for those things. Also, well, high amounts of white sugars, highly addictive. So we give our bodies those things as opposed to healthy fats. Such as seeds, nuts and nut butters that don't have as much sugar or processing to them. I mentioned this because... If you're a person who's feeling it in your stomach, like someone who's also very prone to ulcers in your digestive tract, you might want to consider finding ways to let your mind calm down through meditation or not hold on to so much in your head. Finding ways that help you to like brain dump. So if that's writing, journaling, if that's doodling, if that's dance, Anything that takes you out of your head and puts you back into your, your body in a way that's more graceful and more fluid is going to be great. If you're somebody who tends to go from zero to a billion, right, with anger. These are my people who are a little bit more my wood types. If you were more pensive like me, then you're a little bit more of an earth type, right? And this is generally speaking. But for all my wood types, your liver and your gallbladder don't like you very much. <laughs> These are my people who are prone to what we call cheese stagnation, where your energy gets just pent up. Arr, think somebody in road rage, all right? Like, think about that feeling, okay? These are people who also deal with a lot of chronic pain and headaches. Why? You're constantly in the rigid form. You're in the stance of, like, needing to, like, just hold tension, with that, you typically clench your jaw, right? But the liver in particular controls your tendons. So if you're a very tendinous person, well, that's going to be a thing. I know firsthand. My spouse is one. Your kidney and your gallbladder are also paired. This is where your fear is stored. So these are people who tend to have issues with chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue. These are people who are typically very tired. Hormones are typically thrown off course. Gall, I'm sorry, not your gallbladder, your thyroid or pituitary gland becomes compromised here. 
So we're talking about heart pericardium. Pericardium is the outer wrapping of the heart. There's a muscle layer that goes around it. And small intestines, right? Overjoy. These are people who tend to be extra larger than life, ah, right? Those people. This is what we call shun disturbance. This is people who tend to be a little bit more, I like to say, on the neurodivergent spectrum. Now, this is not just talking about autism and things of that nature, but this can be people who um, have, in many instances, people who have um, more mania in their personalities, right? Who tend to, you know, maybe swing one way or the other in terms of the pendulum, like going back and forth very extreme mood swings um, or people who are just very loud and boisterous and grandiose. You tend to see those types of things. And then, like I was mentioning for COVID, right? Lung and large intestine are pairs. And lung stores grief. Now, think about this. We have a global pandemic that completely and utterly started off as a as a respiratory illness, right? We know that it attacks multiple parts of the body, but breathing is one of the first things that's readily um, compromised, right? The cough, you know, that dry hack that everyone hears, the gastrointestinal issues, so namely the diarrhea, right that's colon we had an illness that seemingly came out of nowhere that directly impacts the one organ that deals with grief and prior to the pandemic there was a lot of grief globally that had been held in by many groups globally, collectively, that were forced to be, come to the surface because of this pandemic. And talking to my own spiritual mentor, it's in a sense Mother Nature's way of saying, I'm tired of y'all shit. Handle your shit because I'm tired of you dumping it on me. I am sad that this is what is happening. Asthma, shortness of breath, skin issues like hives are things that we see when people have issues with grief. This is how grief you know, manifests within the body. Irritable bowel syndrome. Very short, low voice, hoarse voice. Those are things that are common. So I want you to start thinking about when you are processing something, where are you physically feeling this? Just be aware of this. If you have a mental health professional, then it gives you the opportunity to talk to them, to give them a new way to actually help. Hey, you know what? I've noticed that whenever I'm sitting in my office, you know, I, I just noticed like my lower back hurts. I noticed that you know, I get a really sore throat for some reason. 
hey, I notice that I get dizzy when I get around too many people. Hey, I notice that I I clench my jaw. When you can start actually pinpointing some of the physiological things that happen, not only does your mental health professional now have a roadmap to kind of know, okay, this is kind of what's happening. Or, hey, maybe this is part of the fight or flight response that we need to talk about. It kind of helps them understand you better and how your system operates and assimilates information. And also, it helps you to arm yourself with a sense of knowledge. So that way you know, oh, when I feel this, when I feel that tension in my shoulders, when I clench my jaw, I don't need to be in this situation. This isn't healthy for me. That's you processing the process. You are assimilating the information that you're getting in real time and processing it. So that way, as you continue to move through your journey, you now have a broader sense of who you are, who you're becoming and what no longer serves you. So I sincerely appreciate you sticking around and being a part of my inaugural episode. Yay. This is so cool. So um, my inner perfectionist is screaming, but my inner creative is truly excited and knows that it's only going to get better. It's only going to grow. Um, I have some topic ideas. I mean, you're going to definitely hear about them because, well, that's what I'm going to be recording. But I want to hear your ideas and some things that you want to learn about. So I'm all things multiverse. So I'm here to talk about anything and everything that I have an expertise on. I'm not a guru, but I've got skin in the game in a couple of areas. And if I know it, I'm happy to share it. If I don't, I will go find the person who knows about it and bring them right back here to talk to you. So keep your gazes forward. Thank you so much. Remember to breathe as often as possible. I like to do 50 deep breaths a day, Um, but by all means, breathe deeply and peacefully as often as you can. Feel free to follow me, chosenize.com, at chosenize, the number nine on Instagram. Join the Patreon family. The link to all those things will be on here. But most importantly, remember that when you're talking to yourself, speak easy. Take care, y'all. This program is brought to you by On Purpose Recordings. Created and produced by Chris Blunt. Mixed and edited by Joff Gibbs.